here. And that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for being here on this edition of the show. I always appreciate your time to come in and check out to see what we have going on. Now, today I have Dave Proctor coming on for an interview. He's actually the Canadian 24-hour record holder. He's an ultra runner. I'm going to tell you all about him in a moment. Just before we jump into that, a quick word from MAK Mystic Expressions. Now, this is a Himalayan salt company that specializes in pink salt. And now I feel that this is a small transition that we can all make moving from white refined salt to pink salt. Now if you head over to MAK Mystic Expressions, they have all kinds of information and products to help improve your lifestyle. Some of these include salt shakers, salt heat bags, salt grinders, salt lamps, my personal favorites as well. So again, head over to makmystic.com. As I was saying, I have Dave Proctor coming on for an interview, and I really enjoyed this one. Dave's a father of three, a husband, and he's also, as I said earlier, he's the Canadian 24-hour record holder. He's the Canadian 100K champ. He's, he's done all kinds of crazy things. I feel so privileged to have him on. He's actually going to attempt a Guinness World Record to go the furthest on the treadmill in 24 hours. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. But... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Dave, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. No problem, Drew. So, Dave, we're, we're going to get into a number of different things that you do. Why don't you start out with your main, your what you mainly do? Is that a massage therapy or is, do you run for a living? Oh no no! I'm I I definitely don't run for a living. I'm a I'm a hack like 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 most <laughs> other runners out there. No, I'm a massage therapist uh, full time. I work four days a week, uh, two days a week in the city of Calgary at the downtown sports clinics, and two days a week uh, out in Black Diamond, where where I live uh, with my my three kids and my wife um, at the Diamond Valley Chiropractic Clinic. Yeah, yeah, and I just run on in, in the in the in the spare time. And so how you're running quite often. Yeah, so you, have you a whole bet. Lot of spare time. <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, the, the kids go down to bed, and, and you, you got to get out and do something. Otherwise, I'd be watching way too much Netflix, right? <laughs> Are you running in the? You run outside in the cold weather? I do, I do. Uh, I, until recently, I just picked up a treadmill, um, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, yeah, no, up until up until a, a month ago or so ago. All my runs were outside in the in the in the in the cold winter. This this winter out here has been pretty good. So we've been able to get out without having to layer too 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 much. And the cold weather doesn't bother you? No, it doesn't. It, I always find that the you know the uglier it is outside, sometimes when it's snowing, sometimes when it's uh you know, you know when there's a blizzard that blows in or or horrible uh, rainstorm or midnight and you're you're running in the dark. I, I always find sometimes you kind of get that kind of that gladiator feel, and you only <laughs> want to go a little bit further, a little bit faster. And, uh, I don't know, there's nobody else around to commemorate that you're out there doing it, but yeah, it's a bit of an ego thing, I think. Do you enjoy that time alone? Oh, you bet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes I'll listen to podcasts. Sometimes I'll listen to music, and uh, audiobooks, but sometimes I'll just, you know, simply, you know, be in my own head because I've got three kids and, uh, three young kids, you know, 10, six and five. And, you know, there's, you know, when I'm not running, there's, there's constant 
noise in my life and there's 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 constantly movement and trying to maintain a business and 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 of course a a successful marriage and 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 uh, parenting uh, three kids and all the all the uh, everything that goes along with that it's really nice to just eliminate yourself from all of that and just be in your own head and you think that some type of medicinal form to help you improve your lifestyle you bet absolutely I, i i find that a lot of the time we don't disconnect enough when we when we uh you know when we have time to ourselves we throw on tv or whatnot and you're not really within your your own head you're not really within your own self but i find that when you're running and i find it's an extremely spiritual experience that you're you're out there using your body you're grinding away um, really you know pain is all in your head you can simply um, just choose to feel comfortable and um yeah, and just to be within your own thoughts, you know, to kind of live in the now, as our, as our, Eckhart Tolle always says. You know, it is really quite a quite a cool moment or it, hour. You know, one of the things that I talk about is is noise. You know, constant noise from phones, Absolutely. social media, TV, whatever it is. And I think it's pretty cool that you can take that time for yourself. And you know what, when someone, a lot of people say, well, I didn't have time. I don't have time to work Mm -hmm. out. I have kids, I have a job, I have a family. What what do you say when someone says, I don't have time to, I mean, you're running for hours and you have a full family, you have a job. What do you say about that? Well, I I think it comes down to priorities. Um, We all have time. I mean, if we, if we really looked at our day um, and the amount of hours that we're awake, and I mean, we have to sleep. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, you, you can't not get away with. You can get away with it for a couple of days, but it always seems to run, you know, run into you like a, like a railroad. Um, but it comes down to priorities, you know, and it's that sitting down in front of the TV for three or four hours, or if it's, you know, you have three or four hours, you could get in a, a, a marathon for crying out loud. Um, yeah, well, I, you I could. find it. I couldn't. Yeah. Ah, no, <laughs> no, but it's it's about just getting out there and being on your feet and and using your body and 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 being in touch with nature and being in touch with yourself and being in touch with your own mind. Um, it's really quite a quite a simple process, but you have to choose it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Before we get into your running, your specific running, is there anything massage wise that you specialize in? Yeah. Well. A lot of the time, you know, massage therapists seem to give the treatment that they would most likely best want to receive. Um, so my type of treatment is is uh, heavy uh, therapeutic sports treatments. Um, that's why I work at the downtown sports clinics and uh, and the, the Diamond Valley Chiropractic Clinic out here in Black Diamond is because I want to work on athletes. I want to work on, and not just athletes, but also people who are dealing with soft tissue related injuries, who are frustrated with the process and just want the job done. And they'll say, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do during this hour to get through this dysfunction and pain. And, um, you know, it's, it's goal-oriented treatment. You know, we get to the point and we, we treat. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of the time, you know, massage therapists, physiotherapists, chiropractors normally mirror their lives within their treatment. And I think that's pretty safe to say with, with, when it comes to my treatment. What, you hold a number of different records for the canadian well i'll let you explain it but what does it feel like you know i'm not sure that too many people know what it's like to kind of be at the top or be at the best in your field whether it's your race or whether it's your sport what does it feel like to know that you have these records and are kind of at the top of these runs let's say well i you know i i'm still kind of wrapping my head around that because 
really, you know, when I get out there and run or when I get out there and race, um, even though I'm getting a lot more attention now, um, you know, it, I still feel like the, the gomer who gets out there, who ties up their shoes improperly and has to, you know, you know, five kilometers later has to redo it and, you know, get something wrong and then has a mental struggle here. And, but, you know, but then in the end, I realize that we're all human and we're all having that same issue. But yet, yeah, with, with the number of my races recently, I normally seem to come out on top or, or close to on top. Um, and just this past year, I, I ran uh, the World 24-Hour Championships in Italy in Torino, Italy in, in April, and I ended up breaking the Canadian 24-hour record um, that was set back in 19, 1990, I believe it was, oh. um, and it was set at 242 kilometers, and I ended up running 257 kilometers in the day, and 257.093, and at that moment, you know, it kind of dawned on me just suddenly, right when I stopped, I said, yeah, I ran the furthest distance that anybody in Canada's ever run, ever. And that, you know, it was it was one of those moments that you kind of felt that all the hard work, all the all the painstaking hours, all the all the prep, all the, you know, all the even getting to Italy and, and, and dragging my wife along with me to crew and she stayed up for the whole 24 hours, that it all kind of comes to fruition that, you know, all everything that you've done, you paid off. And you just don't know if it can get any better than that. My goal is to, for it to continue and for me to break that record again. And I would love to do that. But even if I didn't, you know, you've, you've kind of arrived at where you would, you, you're, 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 the best case scenario could be. And that's a pretty cool feeling. That's, that's a pretty, pretty emotional place to be. Were you, was that your goal to break that record or you're just doing the best you can and it happened to happen? No, my goal was to break that record. I, I ran a race earlier that year um, called Desert Solstice down in, in Phoenix, Arizona, in hopes I would break the record. But that was my very first 24-hour race. And, you know, it was maybe a bit arrogant of me to think that, you know, I could go down and, and, and break that record on my first go. Unfortunately, I had a, a, a knee issue, a leg issue that that arose right around 200 kilometers, and I had to pull the plug. Um, but then that qualified me to be on the national Canadian national team to go to Italy. And I thought it only fitting that, you know, at the world championships amongst the world's best, it should happen there. And it did. With about an hour and a half left to go, I crossed that 242-kilometer marker. And it was pretty, it was a pretty neat moment. I shared with my wife and my coach and, and everybody who was there. And knowing that you have a, still have an hour and a half left to run, you are going to exceed that mark by quite a bit. But then at that moment, my coach handed me a, a, a piece of paper that, you know, had three numbers on it. And it said, if you catch these three numbers, they're, they're in a group 800 meters ahead of you. This is a two-kilometer looped course. Um, if you catch these three numbers, you're going to be on the podium at the World Championships. I mean, this is the this is the the uh, the Olympics of our sport, you know. And I I never ever thought that this would be at all even possible. So that last hour and a half, that record was no longer in my mind. It was being on the podium at the world championships. Unfortunately, I ended up getting sixth. Um, everybody else had that exact same thought. They had the numbers handed in their, in their hand as well too. And it got pretty nuts for the last hour and a half, but it was, you know, my goal was definitely to break that record. But then like, you know, uh, in, in, in a race in life, your goals shift along the way. And hopefully that goal, that bar gets right, uh, gets raised. And, and it certainly did during that race. Tell me about, I'm going to talk about arrogance that you brought up for a second because I, I think that at times athletes get a bad rap for being too arrogant, yeah. although I would say that comes from 
non-athletes, if that's fair to say, because I think that if you want to be the best in your field, if you want to strive and continue to get better, you need to carry some type of arrogance. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, arrogance is a, you know, and I'll use that term as well, too, because, you know, I'll be in my own head. And you know, sometimes arrogance is okay as long as you keep it to yourself, you know, and there are certain people who can do that very, very, very well. But there's also, you know, I think socially, I think we use the, the term, um, you know, uh, uh, confidence, because you have to know that you have it. Um, you know, uh, every race that I've gone into, you have to know that you are going to exceed your expectations. And if it's reasonable, you're going to win this race, or you're going to break that record, or you can't have any self-doubt. Self-doubt in this sport, because it is really that hard, will run you over back up and run run you back over again. I mean, you are going to give, be given so many opportunities in this sport of ultramarathoning to, to fail and to be within your head at that moment where you're really struggling and for you to say, yeah, you know, I never, I, I knew I never had it in the first place. And if, if you're in that, if you, if you even go there slightly, if you're going there beforehand, the race, if you go there slightly during that race, you are done. Um, manifest destiny. You will, you will create or you'll say, I can't do this. And guess what? Done. You're done. You walk off the course because you will not succeed at, at, at this event. What's it like to run for 24 hours? Do you get that question often? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's not normal. Um, <laughs> most people run 5 and 10K races. Very few people extend past that and run half marathons. And, you know, and then a very, very small segment of the population complete marathons. Um you know, in, in my last 24-hour event, I, I, I completed over six marathons back to back to back to back. Um, and so it's, you know, people normally complete a marathon and want to fall over and die. Um, but really, my response to them is, and my answer to them is, 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 but that was in their mind before that they started that race. Whatever is in your head, you will do. I, I love this study. There was a study done years ago, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic where they where they um, uh, went to this control group and they, they told them, you're going to run for half an hour. And they put heart rate monitors and spike gland detectors and all these things onto them. And 20 minutes in, 25 minutes in, their heart rates started rising and sweat glands and on and so forth. And then they showed up the next week and they said, okay, now you're going to run for one hour. And they started running, and it went past that half-an-hour mark, easy-peasy. No problems. No heart rates were spiking. And it was simply because their heads were fixated on that hour. And, you know, if you were to say, I'm going to run 42.2 kilometers, guess what? 35 kilometers in, your heart rate's going to spike. Everything's going to go to going to go to go pot. But if you say, I'm going to go and run 250 kilometers, you know what? You're going to run right past that 42.2-kilometer mark. And right past that 100-kilometer mark and right past that 100-mile mark, and you will be fine. Um, this running and most things in our life, I believe, are completely mental. And, um, yeah, yeah. I hope oh, go ahead. Yeah, tell me about some of the, the struggles, you know, what it's like. I mean, I, I entirely understand it. it's mental and it's a mental game that you're running. But there, there must be some type of mental struggles or blocks that you come through by running that long. I haven't run that long. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, tell us about. I'm, I'm really maybe, maybe able to tell by the show, exploring mind and body. I highly believe in the mind 
and the body follows your thoughts. So mm-hmm. what's going through your mind at difficult stages within a 24-hour run? Well, I think that the number one thing yeah, that you can that, that, that will normally lead you to success by running 24 hours is having done it before. You know, I think that, you know, the... You know, the, the number one thing that you can do to boost confidence is know very well that you've done it before. You stood at the at the, the finish line and you you weren't dead. Um, in fact, you felt more alive than what you've ever felt before. Um, but, um, you know, throughout the whole 24-hour process, there will be these these, these walls that, that, that seem, you know, insurmountable at the time. And a lot of the time, I think you come up to these walls, the 100-kilometer mark, 100-mile mark, and let's say it's an issue with fueling. You haven't been eating enough or you haven't been drinking enough or you, your pace is off or something is or mentally you're struggling. You know, I always give myself a timeline and I'll say, you know what? I'm not going to quit right now. I'm not going to slow down right now, but I'm going to give myself, I'm going to look at my watch. I'm going to give myself a half an hour. And if I still feel this bad or worse in a half an hour, I'll pull the plug. But I know that there's a wall right here, and I know by me running this half an hour, I'm going to leap over this wall, and I'll probably look back and think, how did I even think that I was going to fail back there? Because now you're on the other side of the wall, and you're fine. Mm-hmm. Well, how long did, how long does it take, roughly, you or the average, I don't know if you can say the average person, <laughs> to run 24 hours? Uh, what, what, 24 hours, of Sorry, course. distance. Yeah. How, long, how long would the distance would that be? Well, the average person, or not the average person, because the average person normally doesn't run for 24 hours, but, you know, most runners are running that 24-hour distance uh, time period in 120 to 140 kilometers. Um, a lot of people, a lot of ultramarathon and friends of mine, their goal is to run 100 miles. You know, that's kind of the, the you know, that's the, that's the, the, the common number that everybody kind of tries to succeed is you know 100 miles in 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 24 hours. So that's 161 kilometers. Uh, Canada's best women and, and men are normally coming close to 180, 200, and, and uh, or 200 kilometers. Um, so by by me pushing you know that number up to 257 kilometers, yeah, I feel pretty confident and feel pretty pretty proud of that number. Um, I would love to one day bump it up to 260, but um, yeah, no, uh, you know, to 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 run an extra hundred kilometers on top of the the hundred mile, um, you know, perceived, um, you know, excellent number. I, I feel pretty confident about that. And tell me about what it's like after a twenty four hour run. What, what kind of what does your body feel like after running for that long? Exhausted and uh, and thirsty for a beer uh, <laughs> and maybe a plate of pizza. And no, no. Um, I remember in Italy when I when I when I. Uh, collapsed at the end of the of the 24-hour race there's a one minute gunshot that goes off and you you're given one more minute that's a warning that if there's a guy right in front of you go get him or if there's a guy behind you don't let him get you and then one minute later and that minute seems to last forever and that minute later and of course there's screaming fans along the way that gun goes off again and I remember looking up and seeing everybody as if like one gunshot went off and one bullet went through everyone's chest and everybody just collapsed to the ground <laughs> like a, a dead heap. And I remember lying on the ground covered in a Canadian flag. And I I don't know why, but I was just bawling like a baby. I was, I was proud, but I was just also, I think, just so happy to be done this stupid <laughs> thing because it hurt so bad during the last moments. And... 
I didn't have to, I had to get up to somehow get to the finish line. My wife was there waiting for me or, you know, where the, where, where she was set up, but there was no rush. And uh, the only rush was to, to drink a beer. Um, although 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, even though you're up for 24 hours, I think that's okay. I'll I'll give myself a pass on that one. But it's an extremely emotional experience where you don't know what's up and what's down, but you just want to hug and kiss everybody. It was, it was, it was a, it was one of the, the neatest moments of my life. Just, just mentally, physically exhausted. Absolutely. To the, to a degree that I've never felt before. And what kind of pain in the next days that come, what kind of pain do you experience from your, tell us a bit, walk me through it. Does it, is your knees, your ankles, what is it, what's going on there? Well, everything. I don't think that there's any gap between any one tissue in your body at this point. I think that there's, <laughs> you're just, you're bound up to a degree that, you know, you just, the idea of movement hurts. Uh, but the idea, you know, but then movement, once you get going, you can stay moving, but then you realize, wow, I just can't stop. Um, you know, it, it's amazing. You're, you're dreadfully hungry. You will start eating and then you're full because I think your stomach shrinks throughout the event. And, um, but then within two or three minutes, you're dreadfully hungry again. Um, trying to find that food that's going to fill you up that, yeah, as well too, your, 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 your mouth is a little bit burnt from all the breathing the day before. Um, so it's, it does hurt to eat. Um, it you know, then, and then you bet. And then you're, then you're painfully tired at times. You say, oh, I just want to sleep. And then you fall asleep for an hour. And then you just, you just, you're awake, you wake up and you're awake and you're so angry because you want to just sleep. <laughs> so it, it is a process. It will take uh, days, if not weeks to, to get feeling relatively normal again. And is, is this because of the, the drain on your body or does it have a lot to do with your sleep patterns being up for so long? I'm not sure if it has too much to do with your sleep patterns because it's just the one night. Um, I have a lot of friends who do these these six day adventures, and and supposedly the sleep patterns really mess up with them that they're that they're really really hooped for for a while. But the the one day sleep pattern, I don't know if it's the sleep pattern that really seems to get you. Um, I think it's just the the absolute. You know, your body keeps pulling back and saying, "Okay, that's enough," and you tell your body, "No, no, no, we're 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 only a quarter of the way in here." <laughs> And then, you know, we're only half the way in. And, and so it's a consistent heavy push that you normally wouldn't do on a regular basis. I mean, my, lo- my longest training runs are 50, 60, 70 kilometers. And, you know, compare that to on race day um, when you end up running, you know, 250 kilometers. I mean, that is, that's, that's a ridiculous number. That's a ridiculous jump. Uh, because in marathoning, you know, for those guys who are running 42 kilometers, their longest training runs are normally, you know, 34, 36 kilometers, which isn't that far off of what they're going to do on race day. What does nutrition look like leading up to an event like this? Eat, eat, and eat. Eat, eat some more. You, I think that you kind of want to gain some weight before going into an event like this because you are going to be feeding off of your body's uh, fat stores. Um, really, I try to eat as healthy as I can. Um, also, knowing that I'm going to see that cheeseburger or uh, have that beer uh, because I'm, you know, I'm just the, the same as everybody else. We, we, we want, we, we want what we want. But um, just eat as much good food as possible and eat what you normally eat. If I eat a lot of fish or a lot of uh, uh, green leafy vegetables or a lot of rice, you know, just continue eating what you eat. Um, I, I find a lot of people 
they you know, they think, oh, I never eat pasta, but then the night before I race, I'm going to eat this massive pasta dinner because everybody seems to do that. <laughs> and then you have this battle of distress going into the day, and you realize, wow, why, you know, why am I why am I in, why am I in so much pain, or why am I throwing up during the event? It's like it's because you threw something into your body that you're not normally doing on a regular basis. So just you know, maintain your your regular rhythm when it comes to food. Now I understand there's a good number of ultra runners that are vegan is that fair to say you bet a lot uh what i would even say well over half and have you considered this i have but i i really enjoy meat um i i really do and i find meat is is a is a is a plentiful source of of a lot of nutrients and um and and it gives you a lot of bang for your buck um and, and i really enjoy it um you know, I, I, I do understand that, uh, you know, by making concerted effort of going vegan and, and, and consuming a lot of the, the, the you know, the, the items and the products that, um, you know, to increase your protein, increase your fat levels and on and so forth. Fat's pretty easy because it's mostly oils, um, which I, I enjoy and I use a lot of oils in my diet. Um, it But it makes more of a concerted effort. Um, as well, too, I've got a family of, of three uh, kids and you know, to try to get them on, let's face it, normally if I'm going vegan, they're going to be going vegan as well too. Um, to get them on that similar diet um, just takes a lot of uh, jumping through hoops. And, um, you know, I just don't really have the time in my life right now to to go ahead and, 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 and push for, for that type of diet. But, you know, um, I know a lot of uh, my friends who say, you know, I can't believe that anybody could uh, run um you know, uh, successfully and, you know, eat animal protein uh, because of, and they, they, they spout out all the, the, the negatives of, of doing so. You know, some of the best runners I know eat animal protein. And so, you know, I, I think that there is a big scare out there when it comes to um, eating animal products, but yet, you know, some of the most successful ultra runners I know um, are still eating animal protein and, and, and they seem to be doing okay with it. Tell me what nutrition looks like during a 24 hour run a lot of eating um i have been experimenting with um you know i like real food i know a lot of people they'll take all their calories in with their drinking um they'll only stick to one type of food because that one type of food works well for them i will eat anything under the sun but i normally stick to a diet where i will consume fructose and then i'll go and consume uh, glucose and back and forth because the, the, those two um, uh, carbohydrates use use two different um, uh, channels in your body to 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 get processed. So you really don't want to bombard your system too 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 much with with only taking in one method of, of fueling. So my my fructose is normally applesauce. Um, I'll make a whole heap load of applesauce before an event. Um, blueberries, uh, bananas, you know, a fruit. Um, my glucose is is um, normally I, I I normally just stick to eating those bars. Um, it's a you know granola bar product. It's mostly made of hemp seed, um, out from Lethbridge, Alberta, and um, y'all eat uh, stroop waffles. Uh, but a lot of the time, y'all just want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or you know a quarter of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So um, you're, are you actually eating a sandwich while you're running? Yes. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So, um, and it, you know, that's why I like bananas because they're super easy to take with you, you know, a handful of blueberries. Um, you go back and forth, you eat every half an hour um, to 
you maximize just you you want to take in a little bit of food but you're consistently eating for all 24 hours or all the the 100 mile race that you're doing um and then and then every once in a while i'll throw in beef jerky and that really is quite tasty it's quite salty you can leave it in your cheek you can gnaw away at it a little bit by a little bit and it gives you that extra little bit of protein that um i think that a lot of people look past uh when when running an event like this that you you think, oh, no, no, I, I, I don't need my protein during this event. Well, you are out there for 16, 20, 24 hours. Um, you know, protein is still needed during that time period. When we talk, when you're training for a run, is there any type of fitness? Do you Are you involved in a fitness program leading up to that run or race? Or is there, do you do anything like that for part of your lifestyle? Um. I don't have a, a coach, uh, so I don't have a running program. I've, I've got I've got control issues, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ask my wife about that. And um, really, when it comes down to my uh, what I want to do for training and how I want to prep for a race, um, you know, I've got very little control in my life because I've got three kids and, and on and so forth. And um, this is how I take control. And it's I think if I had a coach that told me. Dave, you got to get out for a 52-kilometer run today. I would say, I don't feel like doing that. Um, so I, I would probably do the opposite, which is counterproductive. Um, so I, I've never jotted down what I need to do to get out and train. Um, but yet, I'll almost always do it. Um, I'll always get in, you know, 100-mile training, uh, training weeks, 120-mile training weeks, um, get in my speed, get in my hill training, whatever event's coming up, you know, you you. you you, you do what's necessary to su- succeed at that event. Um, but yeah, no, when it comes to having a written out plan or a coach telling me what to do, I think, you know, people succeed with uh, different methods. A lot of people need uh, that coach to tell them what to do and, and they will do it. Um, I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I, I feel that that repels me a little bit. Um, and as long as you're, you're held accountable by yourself, and by your race results, I, I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. And what about resistance training? Do you do any kind of weights, push-ups, any of that? Exactly. Yeah, you bet. I'll do a little. I'll do little bits of of, of weight training. I, I never really ever sit down for an hour and do any resistance training or any weight training. Um, on occasion, I'll do a, you know 45 minutes or an hour of plyometrics um, because I find that it's really good, especially for 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 trail running and mountain training. Um, but um, you, whenever I'm cooking in the kitchen, I'm always. Kids are always walking in and saying, "Dad, what are you doing?" I'm on the ground doing a plank. Um, While you're cooking, doing some por- yeah, exactly. Wall <laughs> sits. They'll say, "Dad, what are you doing?" Just into a wall sit, and they'll normally come over and sit beside me or walk underneath my legs like I'm a bridge or something. And they think I'm I'm kind of ridiculous like that, and I think they're right. <laughs> um, but you know, just the use of of your time. You say, "Hey, you know, the water's boiling for this. I've got three minutes. That's a, that's a good wall sit time." What is Mito Canada? Yeah, so Mito Canada is a an organization I've been doing a lot of work with the last several years. I'm going to be doing a lot more work with them in the upcoming months here, um, leading up into the Calgary Marathon. But I'll get to that get to that in a second. Um, Mito Canada raises money and uh, and creates a lot of awareness for um, families and children who are afflicted with uh, with a, a form of a number of mito, uh, mitochondrial disease or diseases. Um, mitochondrial disease essentially is the inability for the, 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 every single cell in the human body to, to, to perform its, its, its regular functions. And so therefore you normally have, 
know, parts of the body, the liver, kidneys, uh, spinal cord, you know, brain, um, going through its number of issues. And, and, and unfortunately, it's a, it's a terrible disease that, that, uh, that normally affects children. This past week, we've uh, moved forward with um, an initiative to uh, do our next fundraiser. And it's going to be, in fact, at the Calgary Marathon Race Expo in, um, on May 27th and 28th. Uh, in which myself, potentially Alyssa St. Laurent, um, and uh, uh, three other treadmills, uh, a team of 12 men and a team of 12 women, and then an, an other, another female, are going to uh, be running on these treadmills for 24 hours straight. Uh, me and Alyssa St. Laurent are most likely going to be um, running on the treadmill for 24 hours straight, trying to break the Guinness World Record for Longest distance traveled on a treadmill in 24 hours, both male and female. And the other treadmills are going to be try- trying to break the Guinness, Bo- Guinness World Records for uh, the, the team events. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about this. We have started uh, doing all of our PR work with the um, Calgary Herald, CBC Radio, and it's only going to even get, get, get more intense from here. Um, in Italy, I end up running 257.093 kilometers. The record that I want to break um, at the... Calgary Marathon Race Expo is 257.88 kilometers, so only 800 meters further, but it is run on a treadmill, so I, I'm not quite sure if that's easier or if it's <laughs> harder. Or I think it's mentally harder. I think it's going to be an extreme push um, you know, mentally, uh, although I'm going to have a lot of my friends there, all those other super fast guys killing it on a treadmill for two hours each. Um, but really, in mind, uh, we are raising money. We're creating awareness for for Mito Canada, um, hopefully we can be raffling off. Uh, we, we, this is this is still in the works, but we're we're hoping to raffle off a, a few uh, of the, the the treadmills that we're going to be running the event on. Um, very 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 nice treadmills, and so hopefully we can sell a bunch of raffle tickets to to uh, to raise money for for Mito Canada as well too. Um, but really, in in our minds are going to be on um, on children with uh, rare diseases and um, and mitochondrial disease and you know when you look at these these these, these poor kids and these poor families um, in wheelchairs uh, having a hard time moving having a hard time breathing um, the simple fact that you know they can't run and we can and we can use our mitochondria and every single cell of our body our energy stores we can use our mitochondria to push ourselves to doing some pretty cool things and these children just can't they don't even have the option i can guarantee you that you know a little little boy you know like evan penny blaine penny's son um if he could if he could run just like his father um he would never stop he he he's an you know but yet on the other hand you know we can but we just choose not to and i i think that's a that's a that's a travesty um so that's going to be our effort on May 27th and 28th is to break a bunch of these Guinness World Records, uh, keeping these uh, special needs kids in mind. What's it like to, you know, attempt to break a Guinness World Record? I, I feel like I can do it, but I also feel, on the other hand, it seems like it's it's a in, insurmountable mountain. Um, I mean, it's to think that nobody's ever run over 258 kilometers on a treadmill. Um, it's going to be a significant push. Um, it's going to feel pretty amazing the moment that I start getting close or the moment that, that it ends up happening. I'll feel 
extremely proud that I was firstly given the opportunity from from Mito Canada and and the Calgary Marathon Management Group to do this. Yeah, you know, to have my family at the side, you know, to have um, you know my my son Sam, who's 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 dealing with his his own um, you know rare disease, and and hopefully we we will soon be finding out what what he ends up what what he has um, by my side during that event. Um, you know, I'll be so proud of them. They'll be so proud of me. I mean, it'll be a just a, ma- a magical moment, I think. I suppose it's worth noting that you're not just running. Like, this isn't a, a casual run that you're trying to run for 24 hours. You're actually going to be running five minutes, <laughs> five minutes and 30 seconds per kilometer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So that's going to have to be the average pace. So I mean, in any in any 24 hour event, there's a, a natural slope that occurs. Um, you start off running at four minutes and 45 seconds or five minute per kilometer pace. 100 kilometers, 100 miles in, there's that slope that occurs. Normally, it's a 10% slope that happens in the back 12 half, uh, 12 hours than, than, than what you run in the first 12 hours. And so on average, um, I'm going to have to run a 5 minute and 30 second per kilometer pace. That's a that's a sub for well, well below us. I think it's a 3 hour and 50 minute marathon um, over, six, over six marathons back to back to back to back to back. And, um, so it's going to be a push. I mean, you're going to, you're going to see an ugly face. I'll be, I'll be grinding forward there. There's not going to be a lot of after there at the end. There's going to be a, um, you know, a, 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 a dead brain and just a, a significant push. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's not just a nice, easy going fundraiser. It's going to, it's going to take on a, a life of its own at the end, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I look forward to hearing how it goes if I don't get a chance to come there myself. And I'm not too far away, so that's something I'd be interested in checking out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And curiosity kills a cat, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, Dave, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time and your information with us. It was I really enjoyed this interview. So all the best in your runs to come and in your Guinness Book of World Records. I, I really hope um, you know it goes the best as it possibly can for you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Drew. Thanks for hearing my story today. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you for being here with us and for checking out the entire show with Dave and myself. You know, that's that's quite an, an accomplishment on its own. I couldn't imagine running 24 hours myself and then at the extreme pace. I mean, it's, that's unreal, but... You know, you heard it from Dave himself. We're so I feel so grateful to have him on the show and, you know, have one of the best runners in his field, you know, best athletes come on and share his story with us. So thanks so much, Dave, for coming on. Again, thank you for sticking around with us. If you wanna if you don't wanna miss any of these shows, if you wanna have my current content sent right to your inbox each week, I send out a weekly newsletter every Monday morning, which has radio shows, blog posts. It has my current content being blog posts, recipes, videos. I put that all together in a nice little package and I email that out every Monday morning. And we so all you have to do is go over to trueformlife.com. If you want more details, it'll just be on the home page. You can enter in your email address, and you'll be automatically emailed instantly, basically. And then I have a monthly membership that I want to tell you about briefly here. This is where we design weekly meal plans for you. So we have recipes and grocery shopping lists, all affordable meals, easy to make. And then we also put together workouts, weekly workouts that include video explanations, printable PDFs, 
all at home workouts. And then we put everyone together in a private and supportive group to offer accountability, motivation, everything you need to live a healthy lifestyle. So if you want more details about that, again, that's going to be at trueformlife.com. On the main page, you'll find more details about our monthly membership. And then lastly, if you get a chance to leave a ratings and review on iTunes, that really means a lot to me in the show. I read all of them, and it also helps the show move up in rankings so it's more easily found so we can help more people naturally live a healthy life. Once again, thank you for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.